Hello, hello. Welcome one and welcome all to the Around the World podcast. No, I didn't glitch. Welcome one and welcome all to the Around the World podcast. I am your host, the one, the only Clark Van Deventer. And here I am now in my 48th episode of this podcast. I got the the email today congratulating me, right? Automated email congratulating congratulating me on my one year anniversary of this podcast. So Okay, 52 weeks in a year. I'm on episode 48. I haven't quite done it every week, but almost. And here I am a year in. I still have not recorded. I, I haven't recorded preset intros or outros for this podcast. You're, if you listen to other podcasts, you're probably familiar with these preset intros and outros. But it, look, with this podcast, it's still just me every time welcoming you to the podcast and giving you a little bit of the skinny on how this podcast came to be. All right, anyway, we are in Scandinavia in this episode today, continuing on our tour of, all right, Scandinavia is Northern Europe, and we are going to do all five, right, in this podcast, over five weeks, we're doing all five Scandinavian countries. So last week, we were in Denmark, this episode, Norway. All right. And from here, we will go to Sweden and then Finland and then Iceland. All right. If you are new to the podcast, right, this is what should be the intro, but like it's just, it's so personal when I do it like this every time, right? If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm glad you're here and I hope to stick around. If you are a regular, well, welcome back. And it's great to be a regular, isn't it? Like, it feels good to be a regular. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. They're always glad you came. All right. So if you are new, we are on a journey around the world. All right. In each episode of the podcast, uh, we're picking up a little history of some corner around the world. And in this episode, as I already mentioned, we are in Norway. All right. Home to about... I had to guess how many people live in Norway. What would you say? Norway, home to about 5 million people. All right. Now, are you ready to have your mind blown with some crazy facts? Okay. Um, Norway is home to about 5 million people, but it has more Olympic medals in the Winter Olympic Games than any other country. Five million people, but more Olympic medals than any other country. Well, like the United States, we pride ourselves on being the best at everything. All right. And the United States has 330 million people. But in this country with 330 million people, we can't come up with enough people to, to win Olympic medals in the winter games anyway. Um, and, okay, and if you're from the U.S., you're like, yeah, but what about summer? And okay, yes, the United States is number one in that category. 
the U.S. is okay. The U.S. is also number one overall. All right, if you combine winter and summer, the United States is number one overall in the medal count. And right, a bunch of you are like, see, but still pretty impressive for Norway, right? Okay, now here we go. I'm just going on another. By the way, all right, and if you're new to the podcast. You'll know that so much fun stuff is in the by the way. By the way, I was picking up my daughter at the Reno Tahoe International Airport recently. All right. She was flying into Reno, Nevada. And we were walking by baggage claim, near baggage claim. And I see all these flags hanging in the rafters. And of course, I quiz my daughter. I point at one of them and I'm like, what's that flag? Right. And then I just kind of glance and I'm like, there's the United, there's the United States, there's Turkey, there's Japan. And I would say, I just remembering what I looked at, I would say there was about 30 flags hanging there. And I'm I'm like, what's up with this collection of flags? Like, ooh. Who are the, like, why? Why these 30 flags? So do you have a, do you have a guess? What, what's up with these 30 flags? All right, I'm going to keep giving you some clues. And maybe these clues will tell you, right? Do you know right now? Do you have a guess right now what these 30 flags, why these 30 flags at the Reno Tahoe International Airport? So I already mentioned the U.S., Turkey, Japan. I'm looking around. Um, there's the Soviet Union. Soviet Union has a flag. And West Germany and Chile. What do these 30 flags have in common? France, Austria, Finland, Sweden, Norway. What do these 30 countries have in common? And why are these the 30 flags hanging at the Reno Tahoe International Airport? The answer. These are the 30 countries. In fact, guys, I said it was about 30. I looked it up. It was exactly 30. These are the 30 countries that participated in the 1960 Winter Olympic Games, which took place in Lake Tahoe at Squaw Valley. All right. So, okay. Another, this is a by the way of the by the way. I, I have some history, some history in the Tahoe ski industry that I'm not going to get into here. But... I do have, I have some knowledge of this world. Um, in 1956, Alex Cushing, who was the developer of Squaw Valley and Squaw would become the ski resort in Lake Tahoe. Um, but Alex Cushing, and I mentioned Heavenly Lap. Squaw competes with Heavenly, Palisades competes with Vale. Or, all right, anyway, Squaw's North Lake Tahoe. Uh, Alex Cushing was the developer of Squaw Valley. Um, and in 1956, he put in a bid for the 1960 Olympic Games. And at that time, Squaw Valley had one chairlift, two rope toes, and one 50-room lodge. Okay, this kind of tells you how much the Olympics have grown over the years, that in 1956, he could put in a reasonable bid when he had a ski resort that had one chairlift, two rope toes, and a 50-room lodge. And he gets the games. Um, today, Squaw is combined with the resort next door. That is Alpine Meadows. 
Together, the two of them go by the name Palisades. Uh, you only call it Palisades if you are uh, a tourist who's never been to Lake Tahoe or you are like under the age of 15 and you've never heard it referred to as the two separate resorts that they were forever, Squaw and Alpine Meadows. Um, but together, they're huge. They have uh, dozens of chairlifts, 6,000 skiable acres. But um, yeah, that was the world back in 1960. Okay, but this today is supposed to be an episode about Norway. But before I finish talking about the Olympics, if you look at Olympic history, all right, today just about every country is represented. Like, does it surprise you that only 30 countries were at the 1960 Winter Games in Lake Tahoe? Um, today, just about every country is represented in the Olympics. Even Jamaica has a bobsled team at the Summer Games. But you don't have to go that far back in history for the Olympic Games to be much, much smaller. So in 1960, the Squaw Valley was one resort in Lake Tahoe, and that one resort had the capacity to host the Olympic Games. If the Olympics were in Tahoe today, and there is a committee that is trying to get uh, Tahoe to be a, a location for a future Olympic Games, like there's 12 resorts around Lake Tahoe. All 12 of those resorts would have a hand in hosting the Olympic Games. And not only would all 12 resorts have a hand in hosting the Games, but there's all sort of, of events associated with the Olympic Games that would not be in Tahoe. They'd be in Reno. They'd be in Carson City. They'd be in the surrounding area. Um, the scale of the Olympics has just changed massively. Uh, one more thing on the Olympics. This is not about Norway. There are, I Googled it, there are 68 countries. So depending on what you count as a country, there's 195 countries, 198 countries, something like that. 68 of whom have never won an Olympic medal, not gold, not silver, not bronze. So you can Google the list. But if you are ever watching the Olympics and you see, let's just say Sierra Leone or Equatorial Guinea or El Salvador or Cambodia on the edge of Olympic glory, like show them some love because that would be their very first Olympic medal. All right. But we are supposed to be talking about Norway. And so let's talk about Norway. And, okay. And the Olympics and Norway go hand in hand, right? And the ski industry goes hand in hand. Uh, it is believed that both modern and Ancient skiing were invented in Norway. Okay, back to Squaw Valley. If you walk through the village at Squaw Valley, all right, this is, I'm just making these connections here. If you walk through the village at Squaw Valley, there is a statue of a guy from Norway. Snowshoe Thompson is considered the father of California skiing all throughout the Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada mountains. All throughout the Sierra Nevada, there's and the Tahoe area, there are a bunch of memorials and statues of the legendary Snowshoe Thompson. Um, you can go to, I did many times, every, so back when I was more involved in the ski industry, it was like a thing we did every year. 
um, at the before ski season started, like in October and November, when we were getting ready for ski season and we were like all ready for the first snow of the season and the resorts to announce their opening days, we would take this annual pilgrimage to his, it's not his grave site, but it's a memorial site in Genoa, Nevada, which by the way, while you're at his grave site in this little town of Genoa, Nevada, which is kind of down the hill from Heavenly Ski Resort, which is one of the major ski resorts, one of the most major ski resorts in North America, right down the hill from Heavenly Ski Resort. You've got Genoa, Nevada. You can visit the, the memorial site for Snowshoe Thompson, and you can visit the oldest bar in Nevada. All right. But I love Genoa. And uh, yeah, like it's, it's worth a visit to Snowshoe Thompson's Memorial. Uh, amazing story of Snowshoe Thompson, by the way. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it right now. But he was from Norway and he was the father of California skiing. But I gotta focus, I gotta focus on Norway. All right, Norway, five million people. Snowshoe Thompson, not one of them. He's been dead a long time. Um, and remember, we are talking about Scandinavia. So there's Sweden, which by the way, is the biggest of the Scandinavian countries in terms of population, about 10 million people in Sweden. Then we've got Finland, Norway, and Denmark, who each have about 5 million. And then there's Iceland, which is the small one, which has about 307,000 people. Norway, that's what we're talking about today. Norway is famous for its fjords, which in addition to being cool to look at, is a fun word to say, fjord. Um, Okay, so if you are new to the podcast, I also teach this class to a group of kids who are about 10-ish to about 13-ish in age, right? So I teach this class every week. And when we like are doing class, like if we come across a word like fjord, I have to make sure they know what a fjord is. So this week, when we pulled up Norway on the map, the quick facts from Google on Google Maps, like I'm just reading. I'm like, hey guys, let's see what Google has to say about, about uh, Norway. And the, it says, the quick facts on Google, it says Norway is a Scandinavian country encompassing mountains, glaciers, and deep coastal fjords. And before, right before we move on, I have to make sure they know what a fjord is. So do you know what a fjord is, right? Like think about these huge rock walls, massive cliffs, think water, and then think about those rock faces just extending deep below the surface of the water, right? Like these huge cliffs that are filled with water and they're coastal, they're little, little inlets or sometimes big inlets. And if you just Google the word fjord, the first thing that comes up on Google actually is from National Geographic and it reads a fjord, is a long, deep, narrow body of water that reaches far inland. Fjords are often set in a U-shaped valley with steep walls of rock on either side. Fjords are mainly found in. Okay, where are fjords mainly found? First country list, Norway. Fjords are mainly found in Norway, Chile, New Zealand, Canada, Greenland, and the United States state of Alaska. Okay, so. Norway is famous for its fjords. I get, like if you're a tourist and you are going to Norway, like you're going to see some fjords. 
Like that's at least half the reason you're going. Um, maybe you're going to see some fjords and you're going to eat some small hoes. Small hoes. Okay, I was very proud of my son because I, my 15-year-old uh, son, I, I showed him a picture of those small hoes. I said, would you eat this? And he was a little shocked at first, but I'm like, would you eat it? And he's like, look, yeah, of course I would. I would try it. Like I look, I went to Egypt and I tried cow brain sandwich. Like I'm not stopping there. <laughs> I was very proud of my son who said, yes, he would. Like just Google it, small hove, um, Norway. Just Google it. The pictures are shocking because it is steamed sheep's head. And you know what it looks like when it's served to you, like on your on a plate, it it looks like it looks like a sheep's head. Like it's sheep's head. That's what it is. It's the sheep's head served with like potatoes and rutabaga. Okay, connoisseurs say the tastiest parts are the tongue and the eyes. Very common to have this served to you around Christmas time. This to me though, okay, which by the way, is a, okay, this, this seems like a very Viking dish to me, but the fact that it's served around Christmas also gives us a little something about Norway. Okay, with my students, right? We've been touring through Europe and my students know by now that Europe today, right, okay, it's increasingly post-Christian, but there was a time when Christianity dominated the European continent. So. We've gone through Poland and Ukraine and Germany and Spain and France and every country we look at these magnificent Christian cathedrals. Okay, but if today Europe is post-Christian and there was a time when Christianity dominated Europe, there was also a time when Christianity came to Europe. Okay, and when Christianity arrived in Scandinavia, it was coming to the Vikings. All right, this is where we get to the story of King Olaf. Now, King Olaf was not, he was not as cute and lovable as the Olaf you may be more familiar with, right? That is, right, that is a, the snowman, right? Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The King Olaf I am talking about lived about a thousand years ago. Actually, he died in the year 1000, right? Olaf was an early convert to Christianity, and he was very passionate about his Christian beliefs. Like, he was a believer, all right? Uh, but there was still a lot of Viking in Olaf. All right, so he's a Christian, but there's still a lot of Viking in him. He had this rival, Raud the Strong. And there are these naval battles between Olaf and Raud the Strong. And Olaf eventually overtakes Raud the Strong at sea. Uh, like he, it's like at night, under nightfall, and he like has him. He's like on his ship. He's under siege. But he agrees to spare Raud the Strong if Raud will convert to Christianity. Raud refuses. All right, what happens next? If you have a weak stomach, you may just consider skipping ahead. <laughs> he has Raud bound, and he's like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to convert? 
He has a pipe stuck down Raud's throat. And he orders a snake to be put down the pipe. Um, the snake is like, look, I'm not going down there. They force the snake down with like a hot, fiery poker. And oh, I mean, this the the snake eventually eats its way out of Raoul's body. A, a slow, painful. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Um, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote about this story in his work, Tales of a Wayside Inn. Gruesome story. All right, so um, Olaf may have had Christ in him, but he also had a lot of Viking in him too. Um, what else? All right, what else can I say about Norway? Uh, the capital, capital of Norway is, you got it, Oslo. Oslo is the capital. Um, to the east of Norway, we have Sweden. But if you look at Norway on a map, it's sort of like it wraps around Sweden. So it borders not only Sweden because it wraps around the top of Sweden. It also borders uh, Finland and it also borders Russia. All right. So Norway borders Sweden, Finland and Russia. Um, Svalbard is the northernmost part of Norway. It's an archipelago actually between mainland Norway and the North Pole. And this is where Norway gets its name, Land of the Midnight Sun. Uh, Svalbard is so far north, um, the sun does not set. All right, the, like the sun rises on April 20th, and it sets on August 22nd. It's a long summer day. Um, Norway is one of the countries with a claim to Antarctica. I'm not going to go into that today. Uh, we have different countries, I think seven countries that all have a claim on Antarctica. Um, and none of them have actually renounced their claim, but they've all agreed to not enforce their claim. And uh, Norway is one of those. Rold Amundsen was the guy's name. He's actually the first person to reach both the North and the South Pole. This is also the land of Edvard Munch, Norwegian artist best known for his painting, The Scream. Okay, sorry, one more thing. Um, Norway is, this is maybe, like, did you expect this? Norway is one of the world's largest exporters of oil. All right, list, list very, I did some research on this list very, but I've seen it ranked as high as eighth, maybe the eighth largest exporter of oil in the world. I couldn't find a list where it was listed as lower than 11th. So somewhere between the eighth and the 11th largest exporter of oil in the world. All right, now that finally, that is it. That is all I have for you today. Of course, I will remind you again, if you're enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend, grab the link, share it on social media, click that like button, review us, follow us. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And if you'd like to contact me, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm not hard to find. You can Google me. I'm not hard to find. I'm not like hiding. I'll just put it that way. Or you can just email me clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand at gmail.com.
You can also find me on Instagram. I am Clark Band on the gram, where I will post pictures of me running and cycling all around the world. All right, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.